Thank you so much, Jen and Jen, for blessing us with the uh, special music this morning. It is so good. It really is just so good to be back with you here in the United States, coming back from West Africa. And this morning, we're going to take a look at something that I think ties in. I didn't really realize how much until I got home from Africa. Uh, this message has been on the books for several weeks, but now I begin to realize, wait a minute, this is going to be the week after we come back. It really began to speak to my heart about how God's providence calls me to put this Psalm 67 uh, right here today. But let me read to you first from an Old Testament passage. And the sermon title today is Blessed to Be a Blessing. And this is the call of Abraham way back then, the call of Abraham on, from God on his life. And here's what God said to Abraham, Abram at that time. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out of your country. And that's kind of what God calls us when we trust Jesus. Um, From your family and from your father's house, I want you to leave all those different allegiances behind. And I'm going to take you to a land that I'm going to show you, just like trusting Christ. And then he goes, I'm going to make you a great nation, and I will bless you. And that may not fit exactly, but this certainly did. I will bless you. I will bless you. And then he gives Abram the reason. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. It's invariable. Every time it seems we go to Africa, it happens, and this trip was no different. We come back from Africa, and we just realize how blessed we are. I know when I'm looking around the world, when I, when I go on these trips, it helps me refocus. But here in America, can I just be real candid with you today? You know what my tendency is? I do good. I do, I do fine. I'm kind of like Peter. Um, Peter was out on the, on the sea walking toward Jesus. The Bible, his guy's eyes fixed on Jesus and everything's cool. And all of a sudden he starts looking around and he starts seeing the huge waves and the wind. And the Bible says he begins to sink and go under and he cries out, God save me. I'm like Peter. As long as I can kind of keep my focus on why God blesses us, blesses me, I do cool. But then I start looking around. And and I see what I don't have. I I get a flyer from Circuit City that says, this is on sale. I don't need it, but it's on sale. I bought a GPS. Judy, you don't know this. I bought a GPS on my way to Indianapolis. I got this thing from Newegg, which is a computer product thing. And it says, here's a great GPS for a really great price. And I've already got four, but what's wrong with five? I do good as long as I can stay focused. But when I start looking around at what I don't have and what you do have, all of a sudden I lose my perspective and I begin to sink, if you will. So I don't know if it was Haiti. I heard the expressions of the people. I read the post that David put. I wasn't here for the report, but listened to a very large part of it on the Internet. It was posted on the Internet for those to listen. And, man, all of a sudden, it helped me get my focus. As I heard, giving a kid a piece of candy, Brent, would cause a riot. They so need in Haiti. Maybe it, was, maybe it was Mali. In Mali, where we went this time, hunger wasn't a big deal. Now, I'm not saying they were just all plump Africans. But hunger wasn't as bad as it was in Niger. 
But they had so little. They had so little. Um, Could you get that picture up for me, Nance? Maybe it was people like this man. We were walking out in the village telling stories. And we were so well received. And then I found him. This man sitting in his chair. And I don't know if you can tell or not. He's got one shoe on and one shoe off. I told Benna if it was possible for cataracts to be a quarter of an inch thick, this man's eyes had that kind of cataracts. They came out to a point beyond his eyelids. Can I get the next picture, please? As you look closer on him, his, his teeth were literally horizontal out of his mouth. His clothes were soiled with human waste. Unable to go to the restroom because no one was there to guide him. So we told him through the interpreter that there were men in town. And they've come to help people like him. And we'd be glad to lead him to the clinic where he can get help for his dental with his teeth that were hurting him. And he said, I will be willing to go. And we stood up to lead him. And an older lady came over and said, where are you taking him? We're taking him to the doctors, the two bobs, who can help him with his teeth. No, he cannot go. But we want to help him. No, no, he could not go. And I watched the man sit back down. realize he'll probably die without Jesus. Still hurting. Because someone said no. Maybe it was that night. Maybe it was last night in Watoto. We've planned and planned for this. And now watch these kids who have no moms or dads. Because of age or war, they are parentless children. And because of the vision of a couple people to begin a Watoto ministry, so many of them now have at least food to eat and a loving home to go to. But as you saw in the video, they were here. Now listen, you could say, Dwayne, that was just a show. I ate supper with them. I watched as they reacted and to the people. I watched as after they were fed, they lined up. And sang a prayer of thanks. And then went on hugging every white person in the room. Saying thank you for feeding us tonight. I watched as David came and got me and says we're wanted. And we're led back to one of the rooms. Tim Darty's classroom. And there were these children and their adults. In a circle. Engaging in praise and worship. Singing praises to the God. That loved them. And then I watched as the adults said, we'll now pray. And people bowed their heads. And suddenly in this room of 22 children and all those adults, you heard a, a beehive of prayer all at one time, people praying. And then the little girl's hand that I was holding on to, she let go. And, of course, I looked at my eyes to see what was going on. And she's down on her face before God, praying. And I look around, and they're all on their face before God. I said, God, they got so little. And yet they're praising you. Maybe it was Watoto. I don't know, but it caused me to understand Psalm 67 in a different way this morning. And that is, I truly am blessed, and you are truly blessed to be a blessing.
Would you take your Bibles, please, this morning and look at this tremendous psalm? And in fact, only the first two verses. And I'll leave you to go over the, the other six or seven verses that are there. But I want you to look this morning. I want, my prayer today is that we'll leave here with a little bit different understanding about why God. I know some of you said, what's up with the preacher's wife? I'm gladly married to that good-looking lady that was up here at the beginning of the service. Why is she so passionate? Maybe it was Watoto. Maybe it was Molly. Maybe it was Heidi. Uh, Haiti. I don't know. But why? Why? Why does God bless us so much? We find an incredible answer. The psalmist starts out and says this. May God be gracious to us and bless us and look on us with favor. And there's that word that Dave Higgelites, Salah. Salah. May, may God be gracious to us and bless us and look on us with favor. Salah. Now, that word means Paul. Stop. Think about it. And so that's what we're going to do. Okay, God. What do you have in mind? What do, what do those words mean? First off, the word may God. The word God there is Elohim. It is the one supreme God. Now, I know in America it's hard, and it's hard in Africa, and it's hard in China, but try to get your head around what I'm fixing to say. That the one Elohim, the one supreme God, of all the other gods that are clambering at the base of the mountain, it may be the God of, of Islam, it may be the God of Buddha, it may be the God of Hinduism, it may be the God of America, whether it be uh, materialism or sports or whatever it might be, the, the God that people worship, material things. All these gods are clambering at the foot of the mountain. But the king of the mountain, at the top of the mountain, is Elohim is the one supreme God. And this God, the psalmist, invokes to act on our behalf. May Elohim, may God, may the supreme God be gracious to us. Be gracious to us. You know what the word gracious there means? so good. In the Hebrew, it means to stoop, to, to, to bend down in kindness to one who is inferior. To, to, to stoop or to bend down in kindness to one who is inferior. So here's the psalmist asking the supreme God, asking Elohim to stoop or to bend down in kindness to one who is inferior. And what an awesome picture of God's salvation. What a wonderful picture of what God has done. When 2,000 years ago, he did send a little baby. And that little baby born of a virgin was the very son of God. And he died. He lived and he died in his own words to seek and to save that which was lost. There's an old hymn that goes something like this. In loving kindness Jesus came 
my soul in mercy to reclaim. And from the depths of sin and shame, through grace he lifted me. From sinking sands he lifted me. With tender hands he lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light. Oh, praise his name. He lifted me. If you're here today and you have met this Jesus, that's what happened. Elohim, supreme God, bent down, stooped over in kindness. And lifted you out of your sin and your shame and your lostness. And once he has done that, our natural response is, God, continue to be gracious. Continue to act in kindness to us. How awesome is that? Amen? How awesome is that? Be gracious to us. Would you please... Bless us. The word bless there is barak in the Hebrew. And it means simply benefit us. Benefit us. The psalmist is simply saying, as your people, would you please pass the benefits down? Now, to us, in America, a casual glance at that is something like this. God, would you please... Bless me with a job. Would you bless my children with a scholarship? Would you bless me with good health? Would you bless my children? And that's kind of how we play that thing out in America. But I've got a feeling we're missing something there. Instead of saying, God, this is how it plays out with me, it's, it's us saying to God, God, however it fits in your plan, however it works out in my world, God, would you please work toward my benefit? And I bet you can figure out what's hard about that. It's hard because in God's sovereignty and because he loves us and knows us, it may well involve you not having a job. It may, well, it may well involve you, your child, not having a scholarship. It could involve it's not something that we would call good health. I can't go into details, and, but I, I, I can't let this pass without sharing this with you. The night the beans fell, Tuesday night in August, when those 400-degree beans Went on my bare arm. It hurt. She was gone. The girls did the best they could to say, come on, you know, we'll take care of you. But I told, I think it was Nita Reynolds, maybe this week, I can't remember who it was. I said, I learned something about me and about God that I could only learn through that experience. You don't even know what it was. That's not the point. But I learned something, and about 12 days into the healing process, I said, God, 
if I could reverse the clock, if I could hear Angie say again, watch the bottom of the pan and understood what she means and put something under the pan, I wouldn't do it. Because Dwayne learned something about Dwayne he needed to learn. And Dwayne learned something about God he needed to learn. And God blessed me through scalding hot beans. Not as I would say a blessing, but as his plan called. God, be gracious to us. Elohim, bend down, stoop down in kindness to one who is inferior. Pass the benefits, not as we see them, but God as you see them. And then he says these words. Look on us with favor. This is a great word, this word favor. It means things like this. The dawn of a day. The dawn of a day. To kindle, as in to start, a fire. To shed light on. Isn't that a great word? So the psalmist goes from reach down, stoop down, Elohim, and kindness to one who is not worthy. And God bless me, not, not as I see blessing, but as you see blessing. But God turned the light on for me. God let me see something that I'm not seeing. Lord, show me something that I'm missing. May a new dawn break in my life as a believer in Jesus Christ. May the light come on and may I see things in a dark room that I am not seeing. Things you want me to see. And here's what's incredible. Do you know what it was? Do you know why the psalmist said, turn the light on that I might see? Because the psalmist needs to learn a lesson that every person in this room needs to learn. And it's why God blesses us. I mean, isn't that a fair question? We often pray, God, would you bless us? And the fair question would be, why God? Why God should you bless me? Should God bless us at all? I wrote down three answers. I'm going to go from dark to lighter. Now, we would never say this, but so often it would be the dark answer is, I deserve it. You see, Dwayne, God is so blessed to have me on the team because, you know, see, I, I write the check every week. I'm here every week. I sing in the choir. I teach a lesson. They ordain me as a deacon, so I serve as a deacon. I visit the shut-ins. I do all these different things. And the truth is I deserve to be blessed because I'm obedient. That's a dark answer. The less dark answer is this. It's what God does. I mean, you know what's great about being a grandparent? You spoil them and send them home. You let the parents deal with it. All Faith has got to do, and hope when she learns to speak a little bit clearer, is say, Papa, last night, Papa, I want a T-shirt. Let me get my wallet out. Let me just promise you, that did not happen with Rebecca, Jennifer, or Sarah. There's something about these grandkids thing, and I figured it out. It's not the grandkids that's being a pawpaw. That's what pawpaws do. And that's what God does. Because he's loving, he's kind, 
God just should do that because that's who God is. And the lightest answer is, of course, that he loves me. God should bless me just because he loves me. And you know what? God may bless us and it involves love. And it is the nature of God to bless. I'm not convinced on the third, the dark one about deserving. Because when I think about what I was before Jesus, like totally depraved and on my way to hell in loving kindness, Elohim reached down, stooped down to one who's inferior and saved my soul, forgave my sins. I'll never have to go to hell. That's enough. It's enough. So what's the answer, Dwayne? The psalmist gives it to us. So that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all the nations. Now let's put it all together. May God be gracious to us. May God bless us. May God look on us with favor. Why? So that God, your way, may be known on earth, your salvation among all the nations. Why has God blessed us so? It's so that we may share the good news of the greatness and the goodness of holy God. That's why. That your way may be known. We don't get it in America because we're again, we're in America. But I will never get over the darkness in this year where you really can't tell stories about Jesus, Brent. It's just not accepted. I'll never get over that darkness. You can sense it when, you, when your foot touches the ground in this year. You can almost sense the oppression. I don't think I'll ever get over it, Molly. Where they're marginally Muslim. They're willing to listen to Jesus. But it's so foreign because many of them have never heard the truth. The last one, the last villages we went to, it was safe to say no missionary virtually had been there but one time. These people had no clue about God and Jesus. And we were able to share through the stories of God's word about his wonderful love for them. See, there's all kind of plans out there and there's all kind of ways out there. But every one of them involves some kind of works. I love what somebody said in Africa. And I can't remember the missionary. It must have been one of our missionaries. He was telling a person, he said this. Not every person who is a faithful Muslim will get to go to paradise. It's just the truth. The bottom line is you could obey every tenet of the Islam faith. And all in the end may say, nope. But every person, every person who follows the Jesus road goes. Now, that's a selling point. If you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're in. You're in. There's all kind of ways out there. But God has blessed us to tell of his way. For God so loved the world that he did give his only son, that whosoever believes him should not perish but have everlasting life. His way, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. That your way, God, may be known to the nations. That your salvation may be known to all the nations. Acts 1.8 is not an option. 
You're going to receive power and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. God has blessed us to ensure that that can happen, that we can be a catalyst, that we can be a funding source, that we can make a difference, maybe not in every person's life, but in a lot. In a lot. And God has blessed us to help that to happen. That your way may be known on the earth in your salvation to all the peoples of the world. How about that? And I do pretty good. If I could just keep my eyes on him. That's hard. That's hard. I'm going to be real candid today. You either like me because of that or you wish I wasn't your pastor. Every once in a while, something great happens. I get some of this. I have my own little kitty account. And I get things like this that go in that kitty account. Now, by the way, for all you weirding about, these are copied $10 bills. And I understand the law is as long as they're not actual sized, you can copy them. But these are $10, fake $10 bills, replicas of a $10 bill. And every once in a while, this stuff comes into my hands. It's really cool. And I bet every once in a while, this stuff comes into your hands. It may be a gift. It may be a pay raise. It may be a new job. It may be a bonus for a stellar year at the office. But every once in a while, this stuff kind of comes into our hands. Now, if you're here today and, and you don't follow the Jesus road... Your first instinct would say, wow, man, let's go to Best Buy. And, and if you've walked the Jesus road, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that still may be your take because it's kind of the American culture. But for some of us, we understand that, that we have obligations to God. Whether it be our paycheck or whether it be a blessing, we have an obligation to God. And so we might realize that we ought to give 10% of this back to God because God placed it in our hands. And so we would take this $10 bill out and say, okay, God, that's yours. Now, not all of y'all are there. I understand that. And so I've, I've got you covered this morning. See, this is, these are 10 ones. And so you may not be at the 10% thing, but you may be in a 3% zone, okay? So you say, okay, $3 goes to God. I'll keep the other for myself. See? And that, that's cool. I, I, can I go a step worth? I'm being candid with you. I even would be willing to give another one of these. I mean, it's not uncommon at all. I'll, I'll get some extra money. I'll say, Judy, here's some money for the church, uh, for the work, or for Lottie Moon or whatever. And it may be equal to 20% of the gift I received. I'm okay with that. That's cool. And you may be okay with that too. You may say, yeah, God gives me, I get 20% back. That's cool. And that's not the problem. That's not where I'm wrestling. That's not my gig. I've got the 10% thing down really good. I even have the 20% thing down pretty good. The problem is still in my hand. 
If my math is right, and I've not lost any, there's eight $10 bills in my hand. And I have this horrible tendency to say, here I come, Mike Maynard. I know you've got something for $80, and I can buy it. Mike owns the appliance store, and he sells more than appliances. And my first reaction, my knee-jerk reaction is, I did my God thing, now this is mine. And you know what? It might be mine. But here's the deal. Is it possible that God gave me the hundred to pass on to someone else? Is it possible that Lottie has a need that I can help meet? Or the Watoto has a need that I can meet? God may say, Dwayne, dude, you are faithful. You take that $8. You go see Mike. You may find something on sale even. Or he might say, Dwayne, I want you to trust me on this one. Yeah, I know you, you got the tithe thing cool. And you know what? You even got the gift thing good. You, you give above that. But Dwayne, I want you to take the rest of that and meet a need. He may say that, and he may not. I love that verse in 1 Timothy 6. For the Bible says God's given us all things richly to enjoy. God's not against things. He's only against when things own us, instead of us owning things. Amen? So that's where I am. Real candid with you. I'm going to pray about it and ask God to work in my life on this one. Because I know some of you, for some of you, this $3 thing is something you need to work on, and that's a good start. I want you to know that. That's, that's a good start. And for some of you, you're here, and praise God, you're a tither. That's great. Maybe you're at the 20% level, and that's great. But if you find yourself with more than you ever thought possible, maybe God has a bigger part for you to play. It scares me, folks, that in six months, the journeyman program is going to get up by 6%, 60%. I've seen it on the field. I've seen these young people who will give two years of their life in the hardest conditions you can imagine. And someone's saying, you can't go because the money's not there. I think about the Watuto children. and Some of you do Compassion International, and we do that. I think about a child who could just be helped with $35 a month if we had it to give or if we would just give. I know this. One point six billion people in the world who have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. And as Jesus read, the truth is there will continue to be millions and millions of people who do not hear as long as we continue to use spare time and spare money to reach them. This isn't a guilt trip. If you come across a guilt trip, I'm really sorry. Because I confess, I'm in with you. We're in the same boat. But can I challenge you to do something? Here we are the week before Thanksgiving. Can I challenge you to go to the Father, Elohim, who stooped down, bent down in kindness to one who's inferior? And say, God, here it is. 
you bless me. And I just want to make sure I do what you want me to do. He may say, it's yours. Use as you see fit. See, God only wants you to be obedient. He wants you to get a check out and sign at the bottom and say, make it out to God, not Dorsville Baptist Church. Okay, God, here it is. And what you want me to do, I'll do. See, I don't have to go to Africa. Two blocks south of us are perhaps hundreds of lost people. Two blocks north of us are dozens of lost people. East or west, lost people. And we ask today, God, you have been so gracious to us. You have blessed us. You have done so much for us. And God, we understand today, is that you may be known on the earth. That you may be, your salvation may reach the peoples of the world. I'm not quite ready to take a plunge yet. I, I told you, I, I, I've got this fixation with this 80%. But I do know this, the more I think about Elohim, then stoop to one who is inferior... In kindness, it makes a little more sense. In loving kindness, Jesus came, my soul in mercy to reclaim, and from the depths of sin and shame, through grace He lifted me. From sinking sand, He lifted me. With tender hand, He lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light, oh, praise His name, He lifted me. Would you bow your heads right there where you are? I've already been honest with you today. But I want, to, I want to ask you to answer that challenge. Is there someone here today? Is there multiple someones here today with head bowed and eye closed and just me and God looking? We say, Dwayne, you know, this is an issue in my life. And whether you, by the way, whether you're on Social Security or worth a zillion dollars, it's the same issue. All of us have a little or much more than we actually need. But Dwayne, today I'm willing, just you looking, because you're my pastor, and, and you've been candid with us, and so I'll be candid with you. Dwayne, would you pray for me today? Because this is kind of an issue in my life. I don't know what to do with the 80 or 90% that's left. And often I find myself being a consumer or a hoarder Instead of a giver. Would you be able to raise your hand this morning right now? Dwayne, would you pray with me about this? Thank you. God bless you. I see a hand. Any others? Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Any other hands? Come on, guys. It's just me. It's me. See, until we're honest about this, we'll never change. Anyone else? It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. I know it is. Okay. All right, I want to pray for the ones who raised their hands this morning. Father, this is hard. Here we live in the abundance of America. 
and the demands of society and our lifestyle just, God, it causes us so hard. It makes it so hard for us to be free-handed. To realize that you own the cattle on a thousand hills, and in fact, the hill. And that everything we are is because of you. You gave us the jobs. You gave us education. You wired us with the motivation. You made us. And Father, I want to pray today for the ones who raised their hands. And Father, ask them to help them, Father. Just ask you to help them and help me, Father, to simply be willing, if you call us to, to let go. I pray for that, Jesus, in your name. Now, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want to talk to the ones here today who may not be walking the Jesus road. Who, who may not know Jesus Christ as Savior. I want you to know something. See this building you're sitting in? It could have been a very nice sanctuary. Six, seven years ago when we were building, our plans were to build a very nice place where we in comfort could sit and worship. It had chairs that wouldn't require setting up every day or every week. The noise, the air conditioning would have been a little bit quieter. The atmosphere a little bit more conducive to what some would say for worship. But this body of believers believe God. And we build a building with you in mind. A place where the average Joe could walk in and sit down and worship God and hear about Jesus. And whether through basketball or Judgment House or Watoto or Vacation Bible School, a multi-purpose building. And it was built with you in mind. It was built with the generosity of the people who, I promise you, looked at the 80% and said, I'm willing to give some of that away. And the reason we did that is because Jesus Christ is the best thing that ever happened to us. Now, if you're here today and you're looking and you're saying, Dwayne, there's something missing in my life, I can tell you what it is. It's not church. It's not religion. It's Jesus. And my friend Brent will be standing down front in just a moment. And I just want to invite you to come down and take him by the hand and say, Brent, I want to know this Jesus that changed these people's heart and caused them to give so I could have a place to come and hear about Jesus. I want to challenge you to do that. In fact, I'd like to pray for you right now. All the people's heads are bowed. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I simply want to pray for you. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. I won't call your name. I just want to lift your name up in prayer right now. Would you raise your hand and say, Dwayne, today I don't know Jesus. I'd like to know him. Would you pray for me today? Is there anyone? Yes, amen. Thank you so much. Anyone else? All right, let's pray. Father, you've seen the hands today. Father, we pray for the one, Lord, who was not certain of their salvation. We're praying in Jesus' name that they'll discover you. Father, thank you for this body of believers. I know, Father, some have gone beyond. And I praise you for that. But, Father, my greatest challenge for me and for my people today is for us to develop some kind of a lifestyle that causes us to understand it all comes from you. All blessings come from you. And there's a reason we've been blessed. And that reason is that your way may be known on the earth and your salvation 
to all the peoples. We love you, Jesus. And we pray this in your precious name. Amen. And all God's people said...